Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? with Dr. Jen and Dr. Serene. I'm Dr. Serene and I'm here with Jen, Dr. Jen, and with you remotely. We're still remote after like... Four months. Four months. I think. I think this is going to be uh, the new norm for a while. Yeah. That, this sucks. It's so hard yeah. to record remotely, but ugh. it's really well. Even things like all the practical pieces, like your computer died, and we had to figure. Like and then you had to like go get a new computer, and just all the technical stuff, and losing audio because of recording remotely, and mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's a and- whole thing. My children giggling and playing in the background as we're recording. I'm so sorry, right. but you know, hey, they're loud. That's, that's what it looks like right now. <laughs> okay. uh, how are you doing, Serene? Um, I'm exhausted. It's really oh, hard to yeah. balance the work life life work. It's all one. It's all it's all yeah. one thing now. Well, I think that's what makes it so hard is that there's no separation between anything. I think that kind of nailed it on the head is that like there's no work life balance because work is now life and home is now work and it's so hard yeah i i I don't know and and i feel like everybody's trying not to watch the news so much but then it's like what else are you gonna watch it's like literally the most interesting thing on tv (laughs) because it's changing every day so I think there's that overwhelm too from watching so much news that we're just kind of like sick of it, you know? Yeah. I know. It's like you're inundated from everywhere about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we dive into today's topic or do you have... Let's do it. (laughs) Are we going to finish it some more? (laughs) Sorry, I put you off. I was going to just jump into the topic because I know we are both like effing exhausted at this point. I know. know What more can you ask me? What more do you want from me? I don't have the capacity to think right now. (laughs) All I was going to say was that you came up with a really interesting topic for this week. So I'll let you kind of throw it out there and we can jump into it. Well, I mean, I think being home with our kids so much, I think I'm guessing, I know I have... I've noticed myself doing and saying a lot of things that my parents used to say to me or, you know, just parenting like your parent, you know, there's parts of your childhood um, where your parents weren't so great. And there are parts of your childhood where your parents were great. And how much of that did we inherit and how much of that are we now taking on and like or enacting and we're doing the same to our kids um so i i just thought we can talk about us becoming our parents or not becoming our parents totally well and so when you brought that up the first thing that came to mind for me was the idea of like kind of even taking it back before we start exploring like how to not become the parts of our parents we don't want to and all that stuff is looking at like nature versus nurture and like how much of our parents stuff is like genetically our stuff and is nature and is like we're predisposed to be like them in certain ways and how much of it is like nurture or like 
what we take from them or like from other role models or like how much do we have control over? So I think that's a really interesting way to look at it too, is like how much of it is inherited and you're like working to fight against genetics versus how much of it is nurture and you have control over making decisions about. Right. And how much of it is also like in terms of nurture, how much of that is specific to your family system and that like lineage and how much of it is also involves like the community and the culture. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's so much to factor in, but I think for the purposes of today's episode, we're, <laughs> we're going to try to keep it as tight as possible because we're right. both burnt out. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, and another piece of it that, that I also kind of thought of is that so so much of like our thoughts about our parents come from being raised by them right like Mm -hmm. as children not as adults so that all gets filtered through the perception of a child so I think another thing to think about too like as you're thinking about how your parents parented you is that you're looking at it through the lens of a child who's experiencing parenting does that make sense am I losing okay no (laughs) I think I think this is something I talk about a lot with um with um how do I say like adult yeah adult children of parents gosh yeah yeah. but you know adults and it's like well yeah yeah, you're you're it was tough being raised by your mom who had the this and this and this traits but now looking at her traits and how she raised you as an adult can you empathize Mm -hmm. knowing her story knowing you know the 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 situation at her time, you know, in her time, right. whether it be, you know, a failed marriage or, um, or whatever, with right. everything she was going through, do you now understand the choices that she made, even though as it, they weren't the best choices for you as a child? Right. Do you have like a wider perception of what happened or like a better understanding right. based on empathy, yeah. I guess. Exactly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So I'm glad you understand, you understood where I was going with that because I think that's a really important part of it is like having empathy, like even if there's qualities that your parents had or like parenting qualities your parents had that you're like, no, I never want to do that. I need to stay away from that or do the opposite. I think it's really important to like have a broader understanding as an adult of why that happened, where it came from. And like, like you said, having empathy around it, even if it was a bad decision or even if you still disagree with it, or even if it was traumatic, because I think that helps you to better process it and to be able to move through it so that you can start to make differences and and do things differently. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, one example I can think of is, you know, families where, um, mom had depression or I don't know why I'm using, I always use mom as an example um, and wasn't available so much or um, dad had an affair and left or, or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it impacts children. It really does impact children and it really mm-hmm. sets up, sets off a, a series of events that follow things like that, you know? Um, yeah. And at that time you just see, well, mom is, completely detached from me and she's not spending time with me and she's not playing with me and she doesn't love me and not understanding that 
she might have clinical depression and you know right. these are she, you know it was a time where mental health was maybe stigmatized and she didn't mm-hmm. know how to reach for help or reach out for help or who knows and so there's there's these there's these ways we look at our parents with this negative light, like you said, like, oh, I can't believe we were raised like that. But to kind of take a step back and look at the broader picture, I guess, is important. I guess awareness. Would you say yeah. awareness? Yeah. Like having having more insight into into what happened. Yeah. More awareness, like being able to like take a step back, like you said, and see a broader picture. Right. Yeah. But then also, I guess, honoring your own story, you know, honoring the experiences of that child and honoring that child's Mm -hmm. perspective and what that child experienced and witnessed. It's such an intricate, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's this balance of, right. Recognizing, having empathy for your parents and understanding kind of the decisions they made or the choices they made, but at the same time, honoring that child and that right. child and, like val- and validating the experiences that you right. had as a child. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that too, is also like being mindful and aware of, cause a lot of times this creates some kind of trauma, right? Like I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, like, I, like sometimes I'll call it like, like a lowercase trauma if it's not like a a severe trauma and things that people don't even think of as trauma can absolutely be traumatic to people and can like leave scars or like leave imprints in ways that you don't recognize until much later and I think part of that is sort of recognizing like what first of all like acknowledging them as traumas even if they don't necessarily feel that way and then like being aware of those traumas those wounds and being aware of like what kind of things could trigger you because I think that's where we start getting into like the territory of well how do I not become like them and I think one way to not become like the things we don't like about our parents or you know about like past experiences is to be aware of what kind of things trigger you because when people get into experiences or situations where they feel triggered that's when you kind of run into the slippery slope of like responding on instinct or responding on like an, in an emotional way rather than in an intentional way mm-hmm. can you expand on that because this is interesting yeah I'm enjoying yeah, so listening I mean- to you <laughs> Well, thanks. Well, so, so I mean, like my initial thought is that like, I don't know, I'm trying to come up with an example. Like, let's say, um, let's say like the, like the abusive parent or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you were always around, uh, like abusive in the sense of like critical and judgmental and like, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm trying to come up with a abuse. I was trying to come up with a situation off the top of my head and I didn't really have a specific example. So I'm, uh, yeah, I mean like if, so, so let's say like a verbal, verbally abusive parent and you're like, I don't ever want to become like my verbally abusive parents, but there were always situations where like one specific thing would trigger that abuse, whether it's like. Got um, it. Like if I didn't clean my room, yes. my mom would come in and call me all kinds of names and just berate mm-hmm. me. Right. And so okay. like if you if you know that like I mean that's very specific like not cleaning right. the room, but like right. but even even if we broaden that to like not doing something that your parents ask, let's say, or like anticipating their needs before 
they even ask for it, like, you know, uh, something, something much more broad, okay. then, then you could be, you could start being mindful of, well, I know that in my childhood growing up, those were the situations that triggered my parents to become verbally abusive or that triggered that like conflict in our family. Mm-hmm. And so that might be the thing that might be the trigger for you that like you start being mindful of if that situation comes up in your family that you might have this natural instinct to respond in the same way because that's what was modeled for you or that's mm-hmm. what that's what was the catalyst for additional stress in your family and so if you if you aren't aware of it or mindful of it or um or conscious even of that cycle or that process it might be something that automatically tends to repeat itself so I think that's something that's kind of important is like being aware of what the triggers are. And that's like a very specific situation and it's going to be yeah. different for every person, but like, you, you, go ahead. No, as you were saying that, cause I was kind of thinking of, you know, it could also be the flip of, let's say if I'm using the mess, for example, if there was a mess yeah. in our house, my mom would lose her shit mm-hmm. and would get really cruel. So I'm going to try really hard to not, pinpoint the mess in my house yeah like you could do the flip right I mean totally well and that's something I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna expand on too is that I think it's also another danger that people tend to swing kind of the opposite Mm -hmm. end of the pendulum is that and I see that all the time not just with parenting with so many things that people are so worried about becoming something that they swing to the opposite direction and then that ends up being bad for whatever it is, right? Like that you never want to yell at your kids, let's say, for example. And so you become like this extra permissive parent who then your your kids are running amok and you're super stressed out and you wish that you had more control. But your whole thing is that you're so hyper-focused on not wanting to be the yelling mom or the controlling mom because that's what your parents were, that you've swung totally to the opposite and made yourself miserable and made your your family miserable, you know, just as an example. So, so I think that's, like you said, I think that's another really important thing to be mindful of is like not overcorrecting. Right. Um, I mean, one thing I always talk about is how we, or, you know, adults, we have internalized our parents' voices. Um, when I, when I, when I see somebody and they, I hear um, self-criticism or self-doubt, I generally ask them, whose voice does that sound like? Because we're not mm. born being self-critical or doubting ourselves or having self low self-esteem. Like it's just not, you're not born that way, right? It's a learned mm-hmm. trait. Um, I always ask, who does that voice sound like? Who was That's there really in your life question. that validated that voice, that negative voice that you have, that negative self-talk, who validated that? Who proved that voice right, you know? Right. And And I think that's another good way mm -hmm. to like help them differentiate that they aren't their parents, that like that voice that they're hearing isn't, it's not an instinctual thing that they're hearing inside of them that means they're exactly like their parent. It's literally that they've internalized that voice of their parents and that's what they're hearing. Right. Right. And I think I think if you're able to have that distinction, to start making that distinction, and this isn't easy. This this is a lot of hard work in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Resolving childhood trauma, again, capital T, lowercase t, as Jen says, it, mm-hmm. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Resolving childhood or, you know, I guess family trauma um, 
is not easy. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's very hard work. And if, if you're working with your therapist on this, like you are so freaking brave because it's, it's definitely not easy. Um, and understand. I was was sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say not to mention that it could be potentially like generational trauma, that it's not just like something that happened within your immediate family, but it could be something that your parents experienced. And it typically is something your parents experienced and then their parents experienced and like something that is passed down, which is even harder to break. Right. And, and I, for me, I mean, based on what we've talked about today, and I'm so sorry we keep talking over each other. This is so hard to do remotely when we can't see each other and are like pick up physical cues and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah. I think that's the three important things that I would take away from what we briefly talked about today was having that awareness that mm-hmm. that voice, that that inner voice is not yours. You know, it's right. it, somebody else put it in there and have that distinction and having that awareness and then having the empathy and understanding of why your parents made the choices that they made. You might not like it. You might not approve it. It might not, it might not even make sense to you, but at least having that understanding Mm -hmm. of like, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. And it might be genuinely bad, but understanding the context around it. Exactly. And I mean, you don't, understanding doesn't always mean approving or liking. It just means, okay, I I get what happened there. Um, And then what's the last thing we said? It completely skipped my mind. Oh, and having compassion for that child, continuing to have compassion for that child who, you know, another thing I always ask people is, what would you tell that kid? Like, what would you tell them? Yeah. You know, that kid crying in their room because, you know, mom's not available, mom's not present, or dad is really mean, or what would you tell that kid? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and I think one more thing that we talked about, too, that I would add is, um, like, being mindful and aware of of triggers. Yeah. And I think with that comes just the general idea of, like, increasing your insight and awareness around the whole thing. and if you feel like it's appropriate and you feel like you need help being able to process it, seeking help and going to therapy and, you know, like digging more into it and gaining more insight and awareness into those patterns and into what happened and into yourself so that you can purposefully make better choices without swinging in the opposite direction or without accidentally running into triggers and falling into traps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to not parenting in the like negative ways, Mm -hmm. um, like your parent, I think what you said is, I think, um, that like neon flashing light, be aware of triggers, have awareness, be aware of triggers, have awareness. Yeah. Um, And you might slip if your parents had the habit of yelling that you didn't, you don't like, and you don't want to emulate, you might yell, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. It's okay. The important thing yeah. is that you're catching yourself and you're working on it. And if you're catching right. yourself and you're not working on it, then talk to somebody, talk to a friend, talk to a therapist, talk to your partner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I think you brought up something else really good too that we hadn't talked about yet, which was just the idea that like y- you will probably find yourself doing it. Like even if you're actively working on not trying to be like your parents or falling into those, you know. And just because you do doesn't mean it's too late or just because you slip up doesn't mean you can't keep trying. Like, 
it's never too late to keep making improvements on yourself. Right. And you can use those slip ups as growing, you know, Mm -hmm. growing experiences or growing tools. You can have that conversation with your kid, no matter what age you can, you can make it age appropriate and say, oof, mommy yelled and yelling is not okay. And sometimes I Mm -hmm. do things that are okay. Sometimes, you know, other people do things that are okay. They're mistakes. They happen and we need to not, we need to learn and not do it again, you know? Right. And I've definitely had that conversation with my kid, like yeah. apologizing for behaviors I've made when I've been frustrated or when I've caught myself doing something that I didn't like, like owning up to it and being able to talk, have a discussion around it is first of all, super vulnerable. And I think it demonstrates really good, um, just really good values to your kid to be able to show like, it's okay to apologize for your behaviors. It's okay to own up to your mistakes. It's okay to show that- It's okay to make mistakes. Right. That your parents aren't perfect and that they're going to make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That was a a good ad. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's all I've got on this topic, Jen, yeah. to be honest. No, I think so too. And and honestly, like if people have questions for us, like if there are specific things that come up or um, or if like there's something more about this topic, because I think there's probably so much more if we broaden it more, but this is sort of like the, like, we t- like you said, like we're kind of making it really narrow and we're just kind of getting right. specific about it. But if people have further questions or if you want us to elaborate on any specific things, definitely reach out and let us know. Right. I mean, there's... There's horrible, horrible childhood trauma. And I think Mm -hmm. we're not really focusing on that. I think we're just focusing on just the generic bad parenting of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, yelling or not being present or, you know, not, not having the family's best intentions in mind when you're making your choices. I think we're talking about that generic bad parenting that yeah. we all kind of inherited, I have to say, yeah. I have to admit, and I, we're all working on it and we're all catching ourselves, um, but, or we're trying to catch ourselves. Um, right. And that's all that matters is that you're working on it and improving, yeah. not you, but all of us. Me, <laughs> the me generic too. You. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think, I think it's so important to have those conversations with your kids. Like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I needed a timeout. I left the room. Right. What message did that give you? I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. You know, mm-hmm. I. And also, I would add also just uh, being. That was an example. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I would add also uh, being willing to uh, be humble about it too. Like if you catch your partner doing something or vice versa, if they catch you doing something, not getting defensive. And, or if your kids catch you doing something, they're like, uh, mom, we, we're not supposed to be yelling or like, you know, like whatever they, whatever the example is being, being able to kind of like swallow your pride and accept it and, and admit, you know, rather than getting defensive. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in the moment, it's really easy to get defensive about it. Yeah. But I think, I think if you're able to just kind of like take that step back, take a breath and, you know, own up to whatever it is, even if it's somebody else pointing it out to you, which can be hard. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I get called out on using electronics at times when I <laughs> said, okay, electronics are off after, you know, 8 p.m., but you're on your phone. Well, yeah. <laughs> Kids are really good at policing things. 
They're so good. They're so good. Um, But the the amount of times that my daughter has told us to get our feet off the coffee table because we've told her to get her feet off the coffee table. Like if we have, like if we're just like sitting back watching TV, um, they, they're sponges and they will police you. Yeah. 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 But those make great conversations. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think that's it for right. today. Jen, do you have anything else to add? I think that's it. I, I, I liked for this one. I thought it was a good discussion. All right. Me too. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions, especially on this topic, um, because like Jen said, there's so much to talk about and we really just kept it super general. Mm-hmm. Um, email us at is it bedtime yet podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at is it bedtime yet podcast or on Instagram at is it bedtime yet podcast with underscores between each words, each word. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's about it for today. Yeah. And as the sun sets while we're recording this, I'm asking very, very loudly, is it bedtime yet? (laughs) 